G'day gang, Ed and Simo here Hello. for another episode of the Fastline Track Growth Show, where we have a chat about all things business and karting. You're getting so good at that. Yeah. Aren't we? Well, I've had 16 episodes to practice. It's impressive. Yeah. All right, well, we're back for part two of the 10 questions that every go-kart track owner should ask. Yeah, themselves. Themselves. Yeah. Their team. I'd involve everybody mm. in this. They're not mm. particularly uh, comfortable questions. In fact, the last question today is quite a tough one. So you're just having a glance over at my little notes. <laughs> what I would ask a new go-kart track owner, really, just get them really thinking about where he's heading. But the last one's a killer question. No, we'll leave you to think mm. about that mm. towards the end. Mm. There's a few more we're going to ask before we get into mm. the really, really good stuff. So should we start by mentioning the first five? Cool. So the first five that we talked about, uh, about in the last video was what problems does a kart track uh, solve? Uh, that will help you get into the, the mindset of your customers, potential areas that you need to explore to get more of them to come to your track. Second one, what parts of your track are the biggest drivers for revenue? Third one, which parts of your business are not profitable? There's a little clue in there, revenue does not mean profit. So even your biggest earning in terms of revenue could still be loss making or not very profitable. Closely akin to that is your cash flow positive each month. Revenue and cash flow are different. Uh, if you don't understand that, we can have a, a chat. Cash flow is always a bit of a difficult one to explain in a brief sentence. So I'm not even going to attempt it today, but certainly within five or 10 minutes of a chat, we could get uh, you to a useful position where you can understand the difference there. Dumb revenue and cash flow is different. Yeah, Because okay. yeah. they're oft, often taking deposits. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest of the money will come in later. Yeah, so if you're fulfilling anything where you've taken the deposit, mm. that's mm. a classic area, mm. and you've got to fulfill the contractual side of what you've mm. just delivered, offered them, say, six weeks later, you could, you're very um, completely into a second or possibly even a third month, depending when the money comes in. Mm. Um, and cash flow can be very difficult to predict. And then the fifth one is, what is your pricing strategy and why? Which is technically two questions. <laughs> so it's six questions, but we just snuck it in and just... Well, let's call it, it 5.5. Five and a half questions from the last <laughs> video. That's what I like to hear. That's a good marketing strategy. <laughs> So without further ado, let's just dive into question number six, which is how much time do you and your management team spend generating revenue? Ooh. This is a painful question. You were just we, thinking we, about that in your yeah, terms then, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, right, define making revenue. Yeah. I guess that's marketing activities. It is typically. A lot of people will say, well, we've got the go-karts going on the track and I've had a really busy day doing mm. this, but we're talking about what have you done that moves the needle? So in terms of bringing in extra revenue, now it could be marketing in terms of I've put a campaign mm. together or mm. we've just launched this or I've mm. organized a team over here to go and make some phone mm. calls or I've just put a guy in a, a, an A-frame, uh, like advertising at the front. An arrow spinner. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we need to see more of them. So what have you done to generate that extra revenue? So it's not the contractual side of what you're doing to just deliver what you've offered. It's getting the next customers in. Or it could be as simple as I went down and spoke to everybody who came to the track today, introduced myself, find out what's going on with them and got a few of them to sign up and it was more than would have done that normally. Even that, what activity is gonna give you the biggest bang for your buck? Yeah, that's always hard. And unless you're measuring it, you don't really know. Well, this is true. 
speaking to everybody could be a really great. I'd, I'd be very happy to do that. And those those that know me know I'd be mm. happy to talk to mm. anybody about anything they find interesting. Because really? I find, yeah, absolutely. But um, I would know if I was running my go kart track and, and I was the business owner. I would certainly do that on occasion, but I know I'm kidding myself if I think that's the best way to spend all of my time. Not only how much time, but also just understanding where would it be best spent. Yeah. So let's ask another tough question. Let's assume you are going to go and uh, go and have a chat with everybody, <laughs> find out what they're doing that day, uh, and you sat down with them. Would your customers refer people to come to your track? Oh. <laughs> I would they refer them, and B... How would you find out? Do you have a plan in place to make that happen more? Yeah, do you have a referral system? Would be a really, so how systemized is that so Mm. that people can do that very easily? There's a couple of things in there. One is, if you're the business owner, you've sat down with somebody, so will you refer somebody to my track? Assuming they've not had the most awful day in their life or something's gone wrong or they've got, or they've trod on a piece of chewing gum, which is the classic. I should just mention that, really. It's, it comes from an old analogy, but it says if somebody's standing on some chewing gum, and I think it was the Disney analogy, and they come back from Disneyland, mm. they could have had the most fantastic 10 days Thanks. in their life. But the first thing they'll mention to all their friends and family yes. is, he, he stood on some chewing gum. Yep. That's the one story. Assuming nothing like that, you've not had a chewing gum incident. Uh, it doesn't mean just chewing gum. I know you get that. If I'm sitting down with them and I'm the track owner and I've introduced myself as such and then asked if they'll refer, they'll probably all go, yeah, I'll refer. But I don't know if I'm getting the right answer. Mm. They might just be being polite. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, we could do a whole new session on uh, referrals anyway in its own right, but uh, maybe that's for another day. I keep saying this, there's lots yep. of videos in there. If I've mentioned anything previously, where we've gone, mm. we could do a whole video on that and you want to know about it, uh, just write in, we'll do the next video on that and uh, we'll see where we go from there. Let's move swiftly into the eighth question. Who are your most valuable customers? Useful information. Mm. We were in uh, Germany at the Spectacular. Uh, I was going to say last year. It was last year, wasn't it? Yes. I've lost track of time. It feels like two years ago because of this virus thing. But last year we were in Mm. Germany and I I was stood there and I said um, something similar about knowing who your most valuable customer is. And there was a couple down at the front from America, Jordan and Julissa, and they actually knew who their most valuable customer was. And there was one guy that used to turn up, and he'd got like, I think it was annual membership, was it? But he just, he was just car, go-kart crazy. He used to pay a lot of money just to get into their kart track. Um, and it was a substantial sum, I think, from memory. I can't remember if they told us the exact figures, but knowing who your most valuable customers are, knowing sort of that they want more of from you mm. and then obviously Jordan and Julissa doing some amazing stuff out there in uh, Michigan I think it is uh, doing some absolutely amazing stuff out there they'd worked that out and they put a package together that he'd either bought or they made it for him I should ask them to make some comments and they can tell us which way around it was yeah, but somebody was actually paying a lot of money to go and have that so spending time with your most valuable customers and they're the ones that are probably going to be down your track the most often anyway not always if you get your packaging right, but that would tend to be the rule at a go-kart track. Getting a few more of those or just getting a, a dozen top most valuable customers to pay you and your lump sums of money that just come in at the beginning of the year and set you up for the whole season ahead can be really, really useful. When we went out and got lunch today, yeah. well, it was a question I asked you. I talked about my most valuable customer yeah. and I said, 
I need to find out how to get more like him. Ah, uh, do you know? I know it was lunchtime, but I can't remember that conversation. <laughs> but me and you talk like this yeah. constantly. Yeah. Yeah. We come up with ideas yeah. all the time and implement 10% of them. <laughs> and, and it works really, really well. Mm-hmm. But it is, it's really, uh, it's a really cool way to run business, isn't it? The other thing that tends to happen on the back of that is you need very few people. So I had a chat with my daughter just yesterday, who's a really accomplished tattoo artist, can you believe? You know, she was bemoaning what's happening in the future, and she's just got people coming in left, right, and centre. She's got 60,000 followers on Insta. There's loads of stuff going on there, and I just sat down with her last night and just went, who are the thousand people that are really into what you're doing? And like, immediately, 59,000 of the problems have disappeared. <laughs> And I said, mm. and why do they come? And we didn't get to answers that mm. last night, but suddenly that realisation. I said, and how many of those would you actually need mm. to go and work with? And I think that you could just see the pressure lifting mm. off and then, uh, and then she was in the space of, what could I do with them and how would I do it? Mm. Much more better way to go and run business. You might even find the people who are the least valuable actually soak up oh, always. most of the time. Yeah, it, Pareto rule, mm. rule isn't it? Mm. So the uh, 80% of your time is going to be spent with the 20% of the people that are paying the least amount of money. Yep. The people that pay 80% of your revenues will take 20% of your time. Mm. That's the other side my, of that equation. I had to work through in my head. Yeah. My most valuable customer, mm-hmm. I probably speak to them twice a week. Yep. It's interesting, isn't it? See, I've just started down... And, and nine times out of ten, it's about really random stuff. Yeah. I think there's a few things I pay a lot of money for, and like one of those is my PC. So I've just started training again. You'll see the physique transform over I the next few videos. <laughs> <coughs> let's uh, let's not put that in the goals, but we'll see how it heads. But he just how it, where it ends up. But me and him get on really well. I just throw a chunk of money at him, and then uh, we work out afterwards times. So I'm like his dream customer. He's like, can you do it this time? Well, with enough notice, I can do any time that fits in his diary. So now he's got somebody just paying him on time, doesn't expect too much, turns up, when I'm there, I just do my workout and I leave because I've just got stuff to be doing all the time. So he doesn't have to spend hours as I idle chit chat. I must be one of his dream clients. So who are your most valuable customers? Really good question. Question number nine. We're nearly there before the killer question at the end. But number nine is a tough one. Um, So this is the one you don't want to talk about opening necessarily. But if your track failed, would you regret it? In my past life, I used to uh, liquidate businesses. Uh, And I was was running a debt debt advice company. And then eventually people were going, actually, they've got a business. Can you kind of have a look at this? So I got more and more dragged into the commercial side of it. I was always struck how many times I went into businesses that we are... They're always struggling at the point I met them. When I met them, I'd go, what are you hoping to happen? And there'd be businesses in there that were absolutely struggling. They're going like, I just want to fight to the very end. And there was nothing there. And you had to sort of get to a point where you're going, it's best we wrap this one up. And there was a few businesses in there. I'm looking around going, I can turn this around and it won't take very long. Mm. And I go, hey, we can create this business again. And they're sitting there and going, just had enough. Like, just let it Mm. go. There'll be a, a range of emotions for a variety of reasons. Business is a tough journey, but only because I think it exposes us as, to, as the human beings we are. So I think as much as uh, your strengths will come to light, we tend to dwell on the negatives, mm. the weaknesses. And oh boy, does a business really sort of bring your weaknesses to the fore. And that's quite a tough yeah. environment, isn't it? Mm. 
there's no hiding. No, 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 no. Right? I mean, running running a business and a, and a business like a cart track mm -hmm. that employs people and deals with the public. Yeah, and deals with the public. It, it's, it's there's a lot of weight on those track owners' shoulders. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that it would be feasible that once in a while they'll just go, no, mm. I, I would be happy to just let it go. Mm. There's deeper questions in there. And if you want your mojo back, there's ways to go and bring that back online. And um, it's really cool to go and have a look at how things developed and, and where, you know, that sort of urge to jump out of bed in the morning and think, right, I'm going to get down the track has maybe disappeared a little bit. The past 18 months we've had, there have been a few closures. Just those, the last 18 months we've had, it's mm. been such a drag on sort of the stress of mm. all of that. Most people don't acknowledge it in business. Mm. If they've got a successful business and they've managed mm. to get through, I think if you're positioned now to go for growth, but you feel tired, I think it's that extra stress as well. Mm. And I think the last few months in particular have been so stressful. You can be forgiven for thinking, you know what, I won't mm. regret it if it stops mm. right now. Mm. It'd always be worth having another quick conversation with somebody. Get on the so, phone to us. That's a phone call, by the way, not yeah. an email. Yeah. <laughs> call us, just send a flare up and we'll get that sorted. But if your track failed, would you regret it? Yeah. Good question. Mm -hmm. Right, so the tenth one. The, the the killer question. The killer question. What's really holding you back? I've asked, I've asked that question to probably I think about four or five hundred business owners. And I think it's a fifty fifty split on those who know what it is and those who don't know what it is. And, and then there's there's other people that they know what it is, but they can't see a way around it. There's others who know what it is, but the motivation perhaps isn't there. So they are, it just opens up a lot of things. I think often just writing down what's holding you back mm. is a really smart move. If you're not consciously aware of what's holding you back, there's a clue in there. It's because mm. you're not consciously aware of it. It's something to do with the subconscious. So that's quite deep. That's mindset mm. stuff. But there's ways around that as well. But there are ways to reignite businesses. There's ways to go and take very successful businesses now up to the next level. If you can just have that moment where you're just really brutally honest with yourself. Yeah, well, it will do wonders. Being aware that the, of these questions is, and, and thinking about them is, is a great first step. Utilising the answers, wow, you can really move that needle. You're really good at this. I don't, you, you may or may not know no, this. It's, I've, I've said this to you before, mm. haven't I? You, you are a really good coaching client because of your background. Mm. I need that coach there to do it. Oh, you still need somebody there right. to do it. But you what know. you're really good at doing is going, this is me. And I and there's no sort of hiding anything. Mm. There's, you're just really open about everything, can't you? Yep, mm. didn't do that. Oh, this is how I feel today. This is what I wanted to do. That worked really well. This didn't. Mm. And it's like there's no hiding it all. Whereas a lot of people that I've been working with they'll mm. be they'll maybe just soften the blow a little bit mm. and it takes a few more questions to really find out what's going on you're just really good at going this is what's holding me back this is what's working really well I don't like this bit I like this bit I want more of that mm. <laughs> great okay let's go and just move on <laughs> to, let's go and get a couple mm. of plans down and let's have a look at the first few steps and uh, let's see if we can actually get a plan to get all have you ever had a plan that'll go all the way through exactly as you planned it out no because I'm fessing up now. <laughs> no, it's not I, never, this is everybody. I, I never had a plan yeah. until the beginning of 2020. Really? Not, not a well not filled, detailed, detailed yeah. thought through. You know, it was sort of like, uh, it was that toss away. Oh, look, you know, yeah. I want 10 million pounds in revenue. Yeah, okay, how are you going to get there? The or even is, better, do you want 10 million? Do you still? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, so. uh, I don't know. I'm moving to the, 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 my next goal. Yeah, yeah. I will be able to reevaluate my life. 
my business. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll decide the next one. But, you know, I, 2020 was the first time I really did that. It went to plan. It was a head of plan <laughs> right up to March. Then it fell off the cliff. Yeah. Then in July, it got back on track. Yeah. September was ahead of plan. Yeah. And it fell on its ass again. So I tried it again this year. The first quarter mm-hmm. was pretty shit because everyone was closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we're back on track. Yeah. Well, if I, think... I could find some bloody salespeople, <laughs> anyone wants a sal- job in sales, give me a call. <laughs> leave me a message. This will be interesting. But this, I think Mike Tyson, I think he gets accredited with it. I think he said everybody has um, a, a plan until they get a punch in the face. <laughs> oh, we, we've got a few of them like, the last yeah. eight, eight months. Yeah, exactly. And a friend of mine, is, uh, he was in special, I don't know if he's special forces, but he was in, he's, he's in an unusual army hmm. unit. <laughs> and uh, I was sitting chatting with him one night and he said, no, no plan survives first contact. And I was like, well, I said, what does that mean? And he goes, it doesn't matter what you plan. As soon as that first thing happens, he said, like all the plans go out the window and, and I think every business owner feels this so I just want to make people I, who are watching this aware yeah that you know you might have a plan it never goes to plan completely. no when the um, pandemic first started mm-hmm. and everything was heading that inevitable downhill slide into yeah. lockdown that was pretty dark days for me it, it almost like it gave me purpose and I came out uh, after thinking about it I've just gone no fuck it we had a very specific, I can remember this conversation vividly, and I remember why, because you declared to me just a few weeks earlier what you thought the revenue figures would be by the end of the year. Yeah. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And then it all hit, and it's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Like, it's, everything's just changed. Oh, well, that's it, isn't it? Almost was like this type of conversation. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I went, well, you just told me a few weeks ago that we're going to hit this revenue, so how? And that's a better question. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to hit it? What do you mean? I mean, you just listen to everything. I've just, I've just heard everything you told me, but you told me just a few weeks ago, we're going to do this, so how? And that's when it changed. Because then we had a better response in terms of what happened through lockdown with all the yeah the Zoom call videos that we did and all the dial-ins and kept the newsletter going. And even though the money wasn't rolling in, we were still pushing outwards to do some bits and pieces. Mm. And that question around what's holding you back and having a plan it helps you have a better response to what's going mm. on around you because the environment will always change. Okay, last year it was a virus, mm. but no plan survives first contact. So that means there'll always be stuff changing. Just happens to be a virus this year. There'll be something else next year. So that resilience really is it. How do we get over mm. that? What are those 10 questions? So the first one is what problem does your cart track really solve? Yep. The second one is which parts of your track are the big, biggest revenue drivers? Yep. The third one was, which parts of your business are most profitable? Yes. The fourth one was... Is your cash flow positive each month? Yep. Five was, what is your pricing strategy? And, and why? why? That's the, the bonus question. question. <laughs> <laughs> We're always give, over-giving, aren't yeah, we? We're yeah. very giving with lots of value. Six, how much time do you and your management team spend on generating revenue? Seven, would your customers refer people to your track? Eight, who are your most valuable customers? Yep. Nine, if your track failed, would you regret it? And 10, 
is what's really holding you back? Tough questions. Mm. Have a think, write them down. There's no right or wrong. If we're stirring up stuff emotionally in you that you're just going, whoa, that's deep, and actually it's quite a painful experience, mm. just reach out because we'll, we'll catch you and we'll support you. They're typical questions that I would ask somebody when I first met them in the go-karting world, having had an agreement to go and coach them. Mm. They're the sorts of mm. questions I start to ask, and out of those things, growth really starts to come. So there are other questions, but when I was just sitting down earlier today, mm. I scribbled them out. <laughs> These are probably the 10 questions I want to know the answers to right now that I help you go and get to where you're looking to get to this year, two years, three years, maybe even a five year plan, which mm. is quite rare these days, but there you go. All right, gang. Thanks for staying tuned. Hit the bell, subscribe, and uh, we'll see you next week. Look forward to it. Ciao. Bye.